Hi, I'm Lucas James. And I'm Jordan Ross. And I'm AJ Casada. And we're the co-hosts of How to Scale an Agency. After scaling our own agencies to over $185,000 per month in sales and working with agencies doing hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue like Hawk Media and Neil Patel, we've made this show to interview the top digital marketing agency owners and highlight the fastest ways to scale your agency. If you'd like to join the best digital marketing agency community on the planet and let us help you scale, go to twiz.io to sign up today. What is good, agency owners? Today, we got a really fucking awesome guest on our podcast. We got Greg Mead, serial entrepreneur, founder of CrossNet and Good Sport. This guy's a Forbes 30 under 30 winner. This guy, I mean, Greg, I've seen you and your brother's content on LinkedIn for a few years now. So, like, I know you're just a a cool dude, had a great idea, made it pop off. But for everyone that doesn't know you, doesn't know uh, CrossNet, what they got to know about you, CrossNet, or Good Sport? Give us the high level, bro. Thanks for coming in. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Um, I think high level uh, serial entrepreneur have have a great team over at CrossNet. We launched that five years ago. That's the viral four square volleyball game that people don't know about if they haven't heard about it. Uh, we released our pool version, soccer version. Now we have pickleball coming out, and then we pickleball. Uh, yeah. Fuck yeah, pickleball version. It's sick. It's sick as fuck. Then we we launched Good Sport a few months back with YouTube celebrity Danny Duncan, and that's where all of our products or games that don't fit under that four square you know, skew line, uh, reside. I love this. You know, I remember seeing, I moved to LA in like 2019. I live on the beach and I remember seeing CrossNet on the beach. I'm like, well, I was like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, like a few months later, I started seeing you or your brother on, on LinkedIn. I was like, oh, that's pretty dope. So for people that don't know, they're not aware of CrossNet. Like, how'd you guys come up with this concept? I'm assuming you guys were just playing something. Yeah, that's, that's what everyone assumes. We actually, our other co-founder, Mike, he's an engineer from uh, Northeastern. He knows all the like the CAD stuff and all that nerd stuff. He called me up. He's like, Greg, let's make something together because I'm not trying to be like a nine to five slave at some, you know, engineer, you know, uh, workplace. So I said, come over. Uh, we'll, we just jotted down hundreds of ideas, like literally wall charger speakers, some tech stuff. And we were always, we grew up playing sports. We didn't grow up playing volleyball, but we grew up like loving like can jam and, and games like that. Yeah. So kind of like reference beach game. Let's make the next beach game. Then Mike just said four square volleyball one day. Uh, well, that night. And then we just, rest was history. We we rigged it up like two badminton nets in the, my mom's backyard against a tree in a shed. I'll always remember. I'm still trying to find that content. I can't find it anywhere. But uh, it was, it, we, we played, we made rules. We kind of took the four square concept and then just like made our own rules on top of it like played 11 just like pick up basketball and volleyball and stuff and then yeah rest was history i love it i could so relate to the start of that journey right like i think you guys are one that you guys are probably the 0.01 percent of you know millennials or millennials that we come up with an idea and we just fucking throw shit at the wall to see what's going to fucking work how can i be an entrepreneur because like for me I tried to real estate that didn't fucking work. I tried to buy a bunch of shit that didn't work. I tried to like I did all the things it didn't fucking work. And I think it's actually such a rare experience to have a concept that actually works in six and you guys blew the fuck up. Why do you think that happened? Because I think there's probably a lot of guys listening that are still early on. I actually advocate you don't want to come up with a new idea. Like there's existing business models that work. So you guys are probably the 1.001%. It not only did it work, it fucking popped off. How how the fuck did this happen? 
Yeah, I, I think having a good product, right? Like you can't sell shit unless it's good, right? So we took a good product, volleyball, and we just like innovated on top of it, and which made it great, I think. And then we really validated the product itself. And like from the first night we thought about it, we're like, yeah, we're doing this. But we had a sample like six months later. We took it to the beach. Uh, we set it up. And we were just trying to play for fun and get some content. Then we had a line of 40 kids. It was summer break or whatever it was. 40 kids just come up and ask to play and get in line. And we're like, okay, we'll ha- we have to let them play so we can make some money. But it was it was the coolest feeling. And then when that happened, we're like, holy shit. We're like, we got to move to Miami and, and start doing this like full time. And that's when we took our, our talents from the farm in Woodstock, Connecticut to Miami South Beach. I love it. Dude, it's, it's such a cool thing. When you think about scaling so a lot of the, a lot of the people that are listening they're scaling their teams they got 5 10 20 employees i i saw you guys at least at least on linkedin it says you guys got 24 on crossnet and then on good sport you have seven kind of changing pace of you know how we're talking about the success you guys are obviously first time founders right at, at the point of crossnet right now you guys are serial entrepreneurs you have multiple businesses what are some of the bigger insights you had about actually being a first time founder managing a team and doing that effectively. Because I think most yeah. people shit the bed with that all the time. Oh, dude. And we kind of shit the bed on that. I have to update the LinkedIn for sure. So uh, good homework on that, calling that out. Uh, we had 24 employees or 25 at one point, whatever it was. And uh, we kind of, and this is a lesson to all uh, entrepreneurs, business owners, that when they get to this level, it's like when you get to this level of like profit and cash and your, your bank account's looking really nice, right? Mm. Don't go higher and scale <laughs> and go ballistic. That's exactly what we did. And we hire great talent, great people, right? But at the end of the day, we're working remote. It takes me, Mike, Chris, and other C-suite members core time to start managing, right? When I work better than five people combined because it's my baby, right? So it took a lot of management, time away from the actual business. And it started turning our company into like this corporate thing and got that like meetings and all that shit. And it's it's not, you don't need that unless you're really scaled high. We're not at that level yet. And we maybe never will. And uh, I really suggest keeping your team small and lean as a D2C uh, small retail business. Yeah, I could totally relate to that. I remember when we hit our first million dollar run rate month. So for those of you guys that, that don't know, that's, you know, 83, like three, um, 83,000, like $300. When I hit that first month, I remember I had like, just an extra 20k in profit just chilling there like on top of everything else in profit i was just like oh fuck yeah let's go we're about to go in about to make all these investments about to pay for this i paid for a videographer <laughs> i dropped like five it's fucking stupid right and i i think it's almost impossible like when you first come into just you have extra cash on hand i almost think it's fucking impossible not to not to blow it or just not be the smartest because you know you could learn from people's advice, but I think, you know, experience is the best teacher. So you guys lean down. Let's kind of flash forward to like right now, you know, you guys have two businesses. Like what, where's your time going? Like, what do you do? Because you have Crossnet and the Crossnet has a bunch of different SKUs, a bunch of different ways you can sell and a bunch of different areas it could go into, whether it's the beach, the grass, pickleball court, right? Pool. But like you have this and good sports. Like, what are you doing? What do you do with your time? Yeah, yeah, definitely uh, focus on both, right? A lot of people are like, how do you focus on both? Essentially, it's the same company, but just different product SKUs, right? So like we launched different product SKUs for, for CrossNet. It's the same thing on Good Sport with just different colorways and, and different products. We have the same core team over at CrossNet on Good Sport. 
And then we have our, our YouTuber, Danny Duncan, and his manager, Stefan, who do a great job of helping us brand that good sport and bring us to, to places we, we weren't able to get to that fast with CrossNet, with a lower cat cost and all that. Yeah, I'm looking at this smash net bubble bash. Fucking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of fun. Backyard Pong. What's the vision of where you guys are taking? So it's one company and there's two business units, right? And I'm assuming you allocate resources and team. Two different businesses. The structure of like the equity and ownership is different because we brought on Danny uh, and, and and like other CrossNet members, you know, to good sport as well. So it's two different units, two businesses, but we operate as one unit, like buying it, right? Got it, got it. So it's two distinct businesses, but on the backside, the team is the same, right? So that's why in my head, I was like, in my head, it could technically be one business, just two completely separate departments, but it is is two separate businesses. If someone's listening to this, like who is the type of person that's going to go look at, you know, the things that you guys have a good sport versus CrossNet? We deal with that and with like retail and stuff of like what the pitch and whatnot, but we've, we've learned like, the connections we have with CrossNet and retail, like Dick Sport and Goods Academy Sports and all that, like that transitions to Good Sport as well. Like we're e- easily able to get our foot in the door with these new new products that we launch. So it's it's really great and it goes co in hand. And then we're able to like eventually this year we're gonna have Danny do like in store retail stuff, which will drive traffic from his followers and like sell out the stores easily. I love that. What's the what's the vision of CrossNet Good Sport next five years? Our team really just wants like this, this product to last, like be a legacy product. You see the can jam, you see the spike ball, right? Like those products will survive for decades and decades. I want our kids, kids playing cross net when, you know, they're older, uh, they're younger. You know what I'm saying? Like I used to come home and play pickup basketball two on two. Uh, the kids nowadays, they're, they're running home to their iPads and like, we got to get kids out. I don't care what you're doing. If you're playing smash net, cross net, basketball, whatever. You got to get outside and do that. That's the vision for CrossNet. Good sport. We're trying to like really be like this, the next big sporting goods company. We grew up, you know, with Franklin and Wilson and, and all the same companies that aren't innovative. They don't do anything. They just drop the same shit and just copy brands. Uh, so we're really trying to be innovative and bring new products to the market for, you know, forever. Thousands of products. We have a list of hundreds of products right now that we're trying to drop. Scaling your agency month over month is hard. You have to work on delivery and worry about retention and sales, appointments, managing your team, and so much more. I was able to grow a multi seven-figure business and remove myself completely from the day-to-day operation. If you want to do the same, I will show you the exact process I followed to hit the $2 million per year run rate and completely remove myself from the operation. If you want to build the dream business and live the life of your dreams, go to eightfigureagency.co forward slash value. I will show you how to build a business that can grow and operate without needing you. Once again, this is eightfigureagency.co forward slash value, and I will give you my best training ever for free. Wow. Is that a D to C play like an e-com, a Shopify play, or is that like retail? Is it a combo with it's a good sport? It's a combo. It's going to be heavy retail. We think though, as we turn out new, new SKUs and innovate, like we want to be competing with ourselves on the shelves. We want the whole shelf to be good sport. 
you know, and we have so many different product lines, but with the products in good sport, we, we have like these hero products like smash net is going to be a brand new sport. You see around the world in a few years, uh, the bubble bash, the backyard pong that are on the website. Now, those are just like cool, goofy products that, you know, for upsells and, and just to get people involved with the brand. Yeah. Smash net makes a lot of sense because, you know, you mentioned spike ball, right? There's a lot of on the marketplace. There's a lot of relatability. I, I saw that immediately. I thought spike ball, except it's like more like, Table tennis, yeah. spike ball table tennis. That yeah. at least that's how I'm looking at it. Yep, absolutely. It's fun. Round net meets ping pong. Yeah, there you go. Um, so let me ask you this: There's a lot of guys that probably are seeing you, your brother, Forbes under thirty under thirty. Was that something that intentionally happened? Did that happen by accident? How did you guys end up like landing yeah. on that? Yeah, no, that was definitely like unintentional. We made a good connection and like. We, we got invited to uh, got voted on to get the 30 under 30 or whatever. Um, so that was really awesome. I actually, my pin tweet, I actually like in, in uh, when I was like 22 or something like that. Uh, if you go to my pin tweet, I don't know if you throw it up here. I was like, I'm going to be Forbes 30 under 30 by the time I'm 28. And I got it when I was 26 or something like that. Uh, it was really cool. And uh, it came to fruition and yeah, it was pretty dope. But yeah, that was kind of random. Uh, we just always thought it would be cool to have that. And it does help you. Um, a lot of people are like, oh, it's pay to play and shit. And like, no, it's not. Like, we we just made a good product. Oh, yeah, yeah, zooming in that. Right here. I tweeted, oh, come on, computer. Can zoom. There we go. Yeah, I will be on Forbes there. Uh, I tweeted this three years ago, manifested at the age of 26. So that's, this is um this is a little know, bit look, over two years ago. No, no, look at the, uh, no, I tweeted it five years ago. Look at the main tweet right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this yeah. Is nuts, man. So how do you right now? Shit, uh, twenty eight. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh man, I'm getting scary. It's really scary. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm a, I'm also twenty eight. And truthfully, when it comes to Forbes that are under thirty, I always perceived it as I never really conceptualized it as something that was really achievable. Like for me, I never, th- I didn't think I was innovative. I'm, you know, I'm an operator, and obviously, with you guys having yeah. a very in- innovative product. It's something that makes a lot of sense, but I've had a few, we have a few clients and I've had a, now a few contacts that are all Forbes that are in it there and like, it's very achievable. Like you have the revenue, right? You have the client base. Um, what are some of the benefits that you've seen? Is this something that guys like me, so like, I don't have an innovative company. We're basically management operational consultants, right? That's yeah. not sexy. It's like not cool. It's just, it, it, it's, a, it's a, but like we have really good revenue. We have like, we've worked with over 600 companies where you have over 120 clients. I'm now thinking is this something I should fucking aspire for this year? And like, I've been told yes, but like, what's the impact for you guys at CrossNetting? The impact is, is great. It honestly is. I didn't think it would be the impact that um, I thought it would be. Like if I was a single dude and I had the 30 under 30, like I would be using it that way. Right. <laughs> but I get to put it in my, in my signature on LinkedIn and like anyone replies or opens my LinkedIn DMs now because they see it. Mm. That so, is so we're able to yeah yeah so we're able to like really get into these retail stores like and boost that open rate conversion. Not everyone opens it, but it helps big time the because they doors it opens. They wow. see Crossnet, they see a good product, and then they see thirty under thirty. Um, and then it's like, oh, I should definitely open this this DM. <laughs> wow, that's, so that's I didn't even helps. consider that. What's it gonna? That's so fascinating because what's coming up in my in my head as you say that I've seen YouTube Shorts or TikToks where it's you know my ads weren't converting and then i stood in front of a, a ferrari or a maserati and my cac went down like it decreased like half right and i didn't consider that just having that in your name could do the same effect on like outreach 
let me ask you this. You mentioned Twitter, you mentioned LinkedIn, and I saw on Twitter you recently talked about how LinkedIn is great. I have had the complete opposite experience on LinkedIn. LinkedIn was sufficient. It got me to be able to quit my job, right? Figure out how to be a freelancer. It didn't help me create a million and multi-million dollar business. It was really fucking hard to prospect. And granted, you're in a D2C category. I'm a B2B category. Yeah. So it's a different experience. But why is LinkedIn working for you guys across Net and Good Sport? You said though, we are in different industries, right? At the end of the day, you know, so it's not going to be the same effect at the end of the day. We have to check that off. But you can go head first in, into like retail with LinkedIn. Like that's how we got into, I would say 75% of our retail stores just through DMs and LinkedIn, um, which has been incredible. For you, you pitching agency is a much more difficult thing to, you know, random people. Um, and it can come off more as that a That makes cold, more sense. Cold email. Yeah. Cold pitch. That makes a lot of sense. Have you guys ever done DMs on Twitter? Because I know once someone's following you, because you have, I'm looking at you, you got Twitter, 4,000 followers. Yeah. If you have a... If you have the right retail person following you, that's an easy damn. We haven't really gone retail on Twitter. No, we've gone like PR marketing connections for like influencer route that side. That's not the, really the retail game that Twitter is. LinkedIn is. And then I've also actually gone Facebook hunting for some like small mm. store buyers. It's not the greatest. It's a little unique. Um, but if if I need a response from someone, I'm going to Facebook too now, which is I just started that. So I don't like sleep on these platforms. Don't sleep like you can as a especially as a D2C operator who's listening, LinkedIn is unreal. And you have to just keep with it. Like you said, you've been, you know, following us and watching our LinkedIn posts for years now, right? Like you gotta stay consistent with it and grow your brand that way. Like we get tons of impressions and, and just stay active on, on Twitter, just like uh LinkedIn, just like you do Twitter. Yeah, Twitter for me is a home run. Like yeah, my minimum impressions is like five K a tweet. Yeah. Compared to LinkedIn, I might get a thousand. But I, I I'm starting to I haven't invested back into LinkedIn this year where it's like, all right, relearn the platform, figure out how to do well there. But this makes a lot of sense. So let's kind of go high level. You guys have three co-founders. What's your, for CrossNet, my apologies, what's your function in CrossNet and what's your function in the business in good sport? Very similar functions for the three founders across the board. Um, we have, I'm the CEO and I'll set like the vision and just, just jump into operations, marketing, social media, email, you name it. Um, I'm hands-on and everything. And then really trying to make sure we're keeping the engine rolling. And then all the legal back-end stuff, which is not fun to talk about. Um, fun at and, all, then, and then Mike's handles the operations, like product. And we have people under under Mike and, and people under Chris as well. Chris does the marketing and sales. He's kind of like our CRO now. And then we have a great team under, uh, under him as well. Well, one person under each person, really. <laughs> I love that. How yeah. relevant... Because you guys have recently just said downscaling. How relevant is like culture for you guys? Is culture something you guys talk about at this stage in the business? Not anymore. And I love not talking about it because we have such a chill culture, right? Like, because we only have a set amount of people. When we had 25 people, I would like, my part of my day would be like making sure employees are happy and having this culture and cool vibe, which we did. We had a great team and everyone fought five. And we went to Guatemala, donated like 10 grand, bought a guy a truck. Uh, we did some fun shit. Bought a guy um, a truck. But, but like that steered away from like the real focus of the business, right? So if we can have just like a relaxed, chill culture, everyone's tight. Our founders are tight. C-suite's tight. And we have one goal in mind is that all, we're all working for each other to grow this brand. And, and that's where we're at now. And I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. For everyone that is kind of, doing what you guys were doing that are scaling up because we see it all the time we see guys founders they scale up and that's when shit fucking breaks like it's stressful they start to lose sight of what actually matters what's the biggest takeaway from that journey to kind of how 
your not your second time around, but your second ascent of where you downscale to scale back up in terms of people. What what was the biggest insight that you think these guys that you wish you knew that you would like to share with everyone listening? There's two different angles. Like if you have if you get you know a payday right, and there's money in your bank account sitting, like I said, don't go crazy and hire thousands of people. One, take some of that money to your personal bank account so you can live happily or leave it, right? So your business looks great and invest wisely into your business of things you need, not want. Like we were doing like billboards and shit. Like, dude, we didn't need fucking billboards, right? Like we didn't need that. We're a volleyball company. It looked cool on LinkedIn and stuff and maybe it helped our personal brands at the end of the day, but only invest in what you need in your business, not what you want. How do you guys distinguish that? Because I'm sure today, like, there's a million ways you could grow this business. There's so, how do you guys distinguish what is a priority investment or a place that requires capital versus not? Easy answer return on that investment, right? (laughs) It's going to bring you money, do it, right? And then obviously, people are like, oh, brand awareness and all that. And that does work. That's great. We spend money on content that doesn't see a direct return. We know that we're going to pay for. A, a piece of UGT, right? We know we're not going to get a return off that, that influencer's post, but we know we're able to use that post on Facebook ads, Instagram ads, email marketing, which will lead to a, a return. That's my short answer. Well, Greg, I want to thank you for coming on. Thank you for kind of sharing all this knowledge. If people are hearing this, why should they check out Good Sport or why should they check out CrossNet? Uh, man, I can preach on it all day, but if you just think about your day to day and your family and your friends, like everyone's just on the phones. Like, let's get off the phones. Let's take an hour away and and, and go go out in your backyard and play play a game with your family and friends. Because at the end of the day, like after you do that, you're so happy, you're so satisfied. Your your brain's just in the, this different wavelength how it used to be when we were kids, right? So go get go get off your phones, go get active, and uh, gotta be healthy. And if they want to check out Good Sport, because I see the domain, it's not just Good sport. Then want to check yeah. out Good Sport or Crossnet. Where where can they go? Playgoodsport.com, crossnetgame.com. Uh, you can go buy some cool backyard games there. Awesome. If they want to follow you, follow your journey, where should they go to for that on social? Woe is me, like woe is me, but with my last name, Mead, M-E-A-D-E. So check me out there or Greg Mead. You can probably type it up and it pops in. Greg, thank you so much for coming on. Guys, this guy, this product, it's one of the few successories that you'll see in the product market space. That idea turns to massive fucking business. I think it's worth a follow. Awesome. Greg, thank you so much for coming on, brother. Thanks, Ryan. What is good, agency owners? Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you were looking for support growing your agency and are not sure the best way to do that, go to eightfigureagency.co forward slash call where you will book a call with us and we will start our process to help you figure out what is the best way to grow your business. We're going to review your systems, add value, and help you understand a new model and system that you can start to build that is going to easily enable massive growth this year. Once again, that is eightfigureagency.co forward slash call, where we will help you scale your agency and add $10,000 in MRR per month. Cheers.